Welcome to the KBB Review Podcast. My name is Andy Davis, and this is episode six of season four. And this time we're challenging a bit of classic retail gospel. Is the customer always right? In particular, we're looking at that in terms of design. As long as it's safe and complies with all the regs, can the client have whatever they want, regardless of how much advice you've given them to the contrary? Or is there a cut-off point where you just say no, 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 and walk away because you just wouldn't want to put your name to it? I'm talking to two great designers, John Stewart from Vegas Kitchens in Folkestone and Kenny Luck from a Look and Follow Bathroom Design Studio in Billericay. But first... This is the last podcast episode before we all head off to Birmingham for the KBB Show 2022. It's running from Sunday, that's March the 6th, to Wednesday, March the 9th. And we'll be doing daily email newsletters, daily episodes of this very podcast, and plenty of social media too, of course. And on Monday, March the 7th, it's the KBB Review Retail and Design Awards 2022. So to make sure you don't miss a thing, sign up to the newsletters at kbbreview.com forward slash subscription. Sign up to this podcast by searching KBB Review, or one word, in your podcast app of choice. And follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram and Twitter with at KBB Review. Plus, of course, if you haven't registered to come to the show yet, go to kbb.co.uk. And it's all completely free. Right, so let's talk about this age-old adage now of the customer is always right, but is that true when it comes to designing their kitchens and bathrooms? So joining me down the line, we have John Stewart from Vegas Kitchens in Folkestone. Hello, John. Hiya, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. Up in the loft today, it's flipping freezing. Yeah. Uh, and then we have Kenny Look from Look and Fuller Bathroom Design Studio in Billericay, up for me in Essex. Hello, Kenny. Hi, Andy. How are you? Very, very good. Thank you. Now, let's start with the obligatory backgrounds. John, tell us a little bit about Vegas Kitchens. So, Vegas Kitchens is about five or six years old now and was originally started as a bespoke splashback business. And then the owner of that, Andy Cobb, bought some X displays from a, a Nobilia dealer to showcase the glass. And then it, it's really, I suppose, over a few wines, he decided at the time to get into the kitchen side of the business as well. I was currently selling the bilia with home base and traveling from Folkestone to Maidstone. So it just seemed like an easy one for me to go somewhere local, which is sort of five, 10 minutes away from my house. And we've sort of gone from there. Brilliant. And how about you, Kenny? Because looking fuller, it's a a very new retailer, isn't it? Yeah, so we're still a, a baby as far as the KBB industry goes. I mean, having said that, we have 30 plus years experience between me and my business partner. My business partner happens to be my father-in-law. We only opened our doors in July. and We've had a, a pretty good response to opening in the area. So there's a couple of retailers here who ceased trading during the, the, the COVID pandemic, mainly due to retirement more than lack of business. And we saw a gap in the market here. I've been a rep selling into retailers for kind of seven eight years and my business partner john uh, has been fitting them for kind of 20 odd 25 years so we kind of thought let's put two and two together and some days it's four and some days it's six and sometimes it's three but <laughs> but we seem to be getting to where we wanted want to be you are a finalist for the new bathroom retailer of the year though we so are indeed yeah right. yeah which is um absolutely an honor to be a finalist and we're all really looking forward to the kbb in a couple of weeks time it'd be delightful to win it but we're going up there for a really good night out. It's always a good night out. So it's going to be good fun. If we walk away with an award, fantastic. If not, we'd have to go for the showroom of the year next year. And I will look forward to that. Right, so let's get down to business here because, John, you started this off, really. You you posted uh, on social media, you posted a picture of a kitchen that you just completed 
and it was well it was like custard yellow wasn't it i suppose and you were very candidly basically saying nice kitchen but this color's really not for me but if that's what they want they can have it yeah, that's right. I went out to the couple originally and they had a, a, a white kitchen with red worktop. So I was kind of expecting something a little bit different from the norm. But then when we started discussing it uh, and with our Italian range Doimo, we can, we can produce the kitchen in any colour. Um, and they then went off to have a little think about it and came back with the idea of something very bright and very yellow. Initially, I was, I was, I was quite excited about doing because I, in 22 years of doing kitchens, I'd never done a yellow kitchen. Um, or not one that I can remember anyway. And uh, so I thought, well, this will be a little bit different. But it was some of the choices and decisions along the way as well, which then made me looking at the finished article, or I was beginning to dread looking at the finished article with some of the colour schemes and some of the, the options and things that they went with. And it, it started to take a little bit of the, the appeal uh, away a little bit. But it in, in can be the case in lots of times. It's As I often say, it's it's their kitchen, it's their money, it's their room. They have it as long as it doesn't sort of contravene health and safety and any rules and regs. People can have what they want. But it was it, initially, but more so, it was probably when, when they decided then to go with the black glass splashbacks on the, on the kitchen itself. My advice was to go for white, but they felt it would be too white with the white worktops and the white floor. But I, with the yellow, I, I was... I was having trouble envisaging any other colour to go with it because I just thought it's going to be too much and um, too many sort of strong bold colours in one one mix is going to look a little bit uh, a little bit strange. And, and to be to be fair, when I then went and saw the completed project, I, I was quite pleasantly surprised, and it did make me, which I do sometimes. I'm, I'm honest with people. I did question myself and think that my own preconceptions of what works and what doesn't work aren't always 100% accurate. So sometimes the customer's input and things, you can have a pleasant surprise, albeit I would say more like more often than not. Well, I, I would think that my uh, sort of outlook and my opinions or my choices of, of two schemes and things would probably work better just based on years' experience. Well, black and yellow like that sounds to me either like that tape you get when you want to, <laughs> you don't want people to trip over a step or a mouldy banana, but one or the other. But look, I suppose, look, this, this whole element of, of whether they're right or not is split into two different elements, isn't it? I think the first is personal taste and the second is practicality, the usability of, of the room that you're trying to fit. So let's start with this personal taste element. Um, and, you know, John, you're saying there that, you know, it is what it is. If they want it, they can have it. And actually, you know, it always it stretches your horizons a little bit. What about what about you, Kenny? How far should you object or cajole or guide a customer when it comes to their personal taste, do you think? Well, firstly, John, I just had a quick look at that kitchen on, on LinkedIn. It is something I've seen. That is absolutely fantastic. <laughs> I, I absolutely love that. Definitely the black really does make it. Um, but yeah, I think that's absolutely fantastic. And, but I think it, it's very difficult. It's kind of six, one half a dozen or the other. I think when it comes to the customers, a lot of the time when they come in, it's, oh, I like white and I like gray. And since being open, we've done kind of 175 bathrooms now. And I don't, I think only on one or two occasions we've stuck with white and gray. On a lot of things that we do, we, we suggest to the customer and, we do a lot of feature walls within our bathrooms and we can go weird and wonderful on the feature wall. And that's something that we do relatively often. But I completely agree with John. It is their money. They have to live with it for the next 15 years. They have to like what they're doing. But I think it's, it's very much our job as designers 
to show people what is out there, what they can have, and and, and kind of showcase what we have. And we've done that with our showroom. Again, we don't have a single, sorry, that's a lie. We have one bay, which is a stereotypical gray bathroom. But every other bay we have, we've got marbles, we've got a ginormous wall of blue 12 by six tiles. We've got a massive pink bath and pink vanity to go with it. So for us, it's about showcasing what you can have in your bathroom. And the, as long as it meets the customer's brief and, and they're happy to go a bit out there, a bit left field, then they will have a focal piece and a talking piece in the house for when guests do come over. How about the way the conversation with them goes then? Because there must be a moment when they go, yes, I want the pink doors with the blue worktop with the yellow splashbacks. And, and your internal brain must be going, no, 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 no. Please, oh God, that sounds awful. And your face must be completely rigid. Do you try to steer them another way to say, well, I'm not really sure that works? Or do you just go, yeah, Mrs. Jones, if that's what you want, you can have it? Again, it comes down to us putting something on, on, on our design software. I mean, we use Virtual Worlds, and it's absolutely fantastic for that. We have all of our tiles we import ourselves and make sure that it is what we exactly the product we sell into the showroom. And nine times out of ten, we kind of have a conversation with them and then say, oh, am I allowed to have a bit of a play with this? And... and and actually inject some colour, some some of your personality into this room. And I've got it, I've got it in front of me at the moment, one of our site survey forms. So when I go around and do a site survey, there's a list of kind of 20 things that we have to fill out to make sure we meet the customer's brief. And on there, you've got floor tiles, wall tiles, and then feature wall. And we always ask, are you open to having a feature wall as that kind of striking wow? And if they say yes, we say, okay, well, what don't you like? Oh, I don't like lime green. Okay, we won't do something with lime green. It will stay away from that kind of big, bold color palette. How about something like this? And we suggest two or three options. And when we do a design, we never do just one. We normally kind of do two or three versions of it. So they can see what we, how we interpret their brief and make sure that they're, they're happy with it. And what about you, John? Do you object? Do you try and steer them in the right direction? Or do you just stay stony-faced and go, yes, whatever you want? No, I, I'm, I can be quite vocal. Um, and uh, so I will, I will say to people um, that I think that I'm not convinced that that's going to work. I don't sort of push them into making a decision because, as I said earlier, where it's their room, I don't want them to have done something on, solely on my say-so um, if they're not sure on it. So it's about sort of presenting the options, uh, like Ken said, presenting them with the options, giving them some choices, and then sort of guiding them through some of those which I think work most most people that I speak to I think when you've got experience people pick up on that and they're quite keen to listen to your thoughts and ideas and and I am quite trend driven so unfortunately I and I do say this to to the customers that you know black is very much a, a thing at the moment and so I love doing black kitchens um, but that, but if you would asked me sort of 18 months ago it would have been a dark gray and then sort of 10 years ago, it might, it might have been sort of a, you know, a, a light grey or a white. So it's, I, I can be quite trend driven. So I make sure that I don't impose that solely um, on the customers. Um, but I think that they do, they do tune into experience and they're quite keen to listen to what your thoughts and ideas are. And I think most people, albeit the yellow kitchen aside, generally do pick up on that. And they may have their own sort of inputs and things and tweaks on colours. But I think most people tend to play it fairly safe in the sense of they want 
a bit of a timeless feel on the kitchen. They don't want to put something in and then sort of three years down the line regret doing it or thinking, crikey, I'd, I'd had too much wine that, that day or that evening and decided to go with that colour um, and now I'm regretting it. So because we do the glass as well, we do quite often we'll go neutral on the colours and then put the bold, be bold on the glass, which is a little bit easier to change in sort of three or five years' time should you want to. You're probably right, isn't it? The taste is usually trying to push them beyond being quite bland is probably the usual challenge that you have when it comes to to challenging their taste. I mean, even me, I'm not a designer, but obviously I'm exposed to an awful lot of things. So I would be more ambitious in what I had in my kitchen or my bathroom to someone who had just delved into that as a project very recently and hadn't looked at it for a very long time. So that's taste. So I suppose that that's one element of it. And that's just a case of if if they're very adamant to have a custard kitchen, they can have one. And that's fine. And, you know, it's your job to then make it look as good as it can possibly be. But I suppose the other element of are they always right is when it comes to the actual, the practical elements of that kitchen or bathroom. If they just want things that just aren't going to work. Well, the, you're right there. This is, I often say, and I think a lot of designers would, would relate to this, is that customers ruin a good design. <laughs> I, I will quite often do a plan. I, I tend to go in, a bit like Ken, I'll get a full brief on what, what, they, what they're looking for. And then what I tend to say is I'll then create the room in the way that I feel it works best. Um, and that's not to necessarily say that it's got to be this way because, you know, they will make changes in that. But the amount of times you've done a, a sensational design in the room for somebody and then they come in and they just move that over there, change that, put that there, and then it becomes a little bit normal and a little bit boring. And unfortunately... Not all customers, but quite a lot of customers can be like that. They don't necessarily want to, to, to be as brave as perhaps they thought prior to, uh, um, to sort of receiving the design. So I'd always try and tone it down a little bit and make it practical as well as sort of design because you can see so many things from design that don't really work. I think they look great, but real life people generally want things to be a little bit more normal in inverted commas. So I, I tend to sort of mix it up a little bit and I won't go sort of mad and gung-ho in the sense where it's just a crazy design but it doesn't really work. But no, customers can, they do spoil it, if I'm being completely honest, um, to that sort of thing, more often than not. What about you, Kenny? Do, do customers spoil your designs? What we find is our customers, they're very bold. Um, I don't think, we, like I mentioned, we've done like brackets as standard, which I hate using that word. I don't think we've done like a, a generic or sort of design. Everything we do has been a bit more weird and wonderful. I and mean, we do very well with things like the Kai Pietra tiles with the, the Woodland Glades from National Trust. We do very well with that kind of thing. Um, very well with herring bones and pinks and navies and greens. And what I would say, I, th- I think maybe we're just very, very lucky that our customer base are bold. It's a bit of an Instagram culture. They want to put the, everything they do on Instagram and show their friends. And it's a bit of the, the Jones factor. And one thing I would say is that our customers, I wouldn't say spoil the designs, but they're very, very open to having a bit of fun with their rooms. The clientele that we have in the area, we are in quite an affluent area. Bathrooms only seem to last people kind of 10 years at a top. So they are constantly changing their bathrooms, constantly changing their kitchen. But there must be a moment, though, Kenny, where, for example, Mrs. Smith wants a freestanding bath she just wants one she's always wanted one and she just wants one but her bathroom is like a meter square and you know you're just trying to explain to her that that just isn't that's completely impractical it just isn't going to work and she's going no 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 i just want one so what do you do in that situation we compromise um and we show them the options and we can say look okay well you can have that 
but you're going to sacrifice a shower. Or you can have this, but you're going to sacrifice something else. So we always, if they say, no, I'm adamant, I want this, then we will do a design which is to their specifications. And we've got access to a, a vast variation of suppliers. Um, and we will find the product that is suitable for them. However, on the flip side, we will do a second design of, look, this is going to be better for you. It can be more usable. It incorporates all your design elements, but this is how you achieve exactly what you want. We had one recently where a customer, their bathroom was 2.4 by 2 meters. And they were adamant they wanted a, a bath and a shower in there. It was it's not going to happen without spending an absolute fortune. So what we designed for them was, okay, let's do a bathroom with a, a really nice big bath and a shower over it. And let's do another bathroom, which has got a very small bath and a very small shower enclosure, which would be bespoke to fit over the bath. And we showed them both options and we showed them the pricing between the two. And they went for what we thought would be more suitable for them. And the reason for it, because what they're going to end up with is a very small bath and a very small shower, where what they could have is a very big bath with a very nice shower over the top of it. So we, we do show people a lot, a lot of the time two different options. And it, look, this is your brief, and we've hit the nail on the head with this, but we think this will be better. So is the customer always right? Um, yes, because it's their money, it's their home, but we can tweak what what we need to to get it to where they're happy. John, I suppose the equivalent of that is, you know, someone's got a metre square kitchen and they they want an island no matter what. Yeah, I've, I did actually have a customer like that and I, I did say that I could plan the island in if you can get into your room, but you've got no other units around the walls. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's, it's not really, because I think people's perceptions as well on size and space is, is strange because... The amount of times, and I say this to people, that something in your mind's eye always looks nice and it always fits, but but the reality is actually that it doesn't always sort of pan out like that. So design-wise, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult one because there are some cases when I, a little bit going back to the yellow kitchen, if you like, where you do something and think, actually, it's not, it, it kind of works. It's not as bad as I thought and it's not something I'd have put together, but having seen it now, um, it's you know I'm not sure that someone's going to sort of see that and come to me and say can you give me one of those, but I think it does open your own uh, you know sort of uh, your horizons up a little bit as to what's acceptable. But I it, I, I, I will try and sort of guide people into uh, in it, within the design sort of uh, factor, and uh, and fortune does favour the brave to a point. I mean you haven't got to go sort of crazy, but I think if you add a few little elements of design. It can turn the room into looking fairly standard, um, into having just a, something a little bit about it. So a couple of features within within a kitchen can sort of make it feel a bit designery, but still keep it like quite a practical room. I, I was going to say, Ken, I, I don't know if you've had any experience. I've done bits of bathrooms through my 20 odd years. But do you, do you think that people would go more more crazy, if you like, for want of a better phrase, in a bathroom than they would do a kitchen because because the kitchen's a, a social area and family and friends will sit around that whereas a bathroom is is it is more of a personal room yeah it's a private space yeah um what we what we do find is people people do seem to go a bit more wild and a bit more out there in rooms that people see so cloakrooms for example from us from our point of view um we have done some absolutely outstanding standing cloakrooms with copper and 
um, and all sorts of weird and wonderful things in there because that's the room that people are actually going to see. We're quite a good Thomas Crapper dealer and Thomas Crapper, for us, has only ever been sold into a cloak room because that's a brand name that people do know, they do recognise and it's what they want to show off to their friends when they're having a dinner party or whatever. So what we find is the, the rooms that people see, they do go a bit more mad on. And we did one towards the back end of last year where they had three bathrooms from us. They had an ensuite, they had a master bathroom, and they had a cloakroom. The cloakroom, they went absolutely mad, and they went all weird and wonderful. The master bathroom, little elements of going a bit crazy, with gold taps and navy blue tiles. But the ensuite, which is just for them, which is their private space, they went more in well what we would class as more of our entry level product um they went for very standard very light gray and very dark gray tiles because for them no one saw it but the master bathroom people use when they stay over and the cloakroom people used um when they came over dropped the kids off for whatever they went more mad in there and spent their budget there because people saw that so i'm surprised that people don't do that more in kitchens because it is more of a social area I suppose that this this practicality element is is a big part of it in, in probably small details. So, for example, John, I guess you're always trying to explain to people, you know, that the pan drawer needs to be near the hob or whatever it is, and they're going, no, I'm going to put it on the other side of the room. And the, the idea of you've got to sit in this space and use it, it's that element of practicality, you know, that if you want to use that, you need to be able to reach that easily. Or, I guess, things like the different properties of different materials and worktops dependent on your family the one thing that you find certainly with kitchens probably more so than bathrooms potentially is because there's more when i say more involved i don't necessarily mean in the design process and that but there's more units there's more storage there's more generally bigger rooms um that have more uh functionality um but there's what you find with kitchens is that there's a good reason to do something and there's an equally good reason to do the opposite um, and then that, that then refers back down to the customer's choice and preference. So, for instance, um, yeah, pan drawers underneath the hob or in small rooms that, you you know, you'd want a drawer or a drawer set in between the hob and the sink. Because if you or the dishwasher, if you're opening things, you want things close by. And then some people will want the bin by the sink. Other people don't want it. They want it over on a prep area as such and things. It's, you almost can do something. But you could almost turn it around completely and almost sort of make things on opposite ends of the, of the room. And that works for somebody else. There isn't sort of a formula which, which would make my life a lot easier, obviously, that, that you could just put in and then just fill a few spaces up and around with some cupboards or some drawers. Because everybody, well, the room shapes are very much different, but everybody's sort of working habits are, are quite different. You can only sort of guide and, and sort of place things in where you feel work best from the experience you've got. But then you'll always get somebody that just wants something completely different and doesn't sort of work that way. And one example is, is generally the default kind of is the sink generally goes underneath the window. Um, that's a sort of a default setting in, in most kitchens. Um, a, because the drainage is often there. But then I do get some people that say, well, if I'm standing at the sink, I, I, I'm quite happy to stare at the wall because it's mundane. I don't want to do anything. But I spend more time prepping and doing stuff so i'd rather have that under the window uh, a workspace under the window so it can be quite different and there isn't there's not really a right or a wrong um it's just it is just down to to the preference in bathrooms do people just don't consider things before they start talking about how they want it to look they don't really think that much about the plumbing or you know they'll give you a big long wish list of what they want and then you have to say yeah but hang on where are you going to keep the toilet rolls or whatever yeah i mean I- 
well, we, we always go into the bathroom and nine times out of ten people go, right, I want to do bathroom. Okay, well, what were you thinking? Oh, I don't know. And it, it, it's infuriating. <laughs> At the same time, it's, it's fantastic because it means we have got a bit more free reign to go out to what we want. And what we always say in 90% of, of cases with bathrooms is anything's possible. It depends on how big or how mad you want to go. If you're the only thing that has to stay relatively similar in the bathroom is where the toilet is. Um, having said that we have moved soil stacks outside and things like that to, to accommodate the customer's design, which my business partner, John, who, who handles the installation side, absolutely detests me for, because I do have a habit of moving everything across to the other side of the room to give, to give the customer what they want and, and fit everything in there. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's very much the case of, I look at, I look at a room with a fresh pair of eyes a lot of the time. And sometimes I think, oh, actually, this would be better over here because like with the, um, the sink over the window, I think a vanity unit should have a mirror above it because that's where you clean your teeth and you, you shave and you do all that kind of thing. So I, I always try and make sure that the vanity unit has a mirror above it. The toilet near a wall so you can put a toilet brush and you can put a toilet roll holder and all that kind of thing but again it comes down to listening to that brief and interpreting that into a way to fit everything they want into that room sometimes it's just not possible and unfortunately you can't have that because it's just so impractical it wouldn't work um but we do try and make sure we can get in there it does mean moving some pipe work and not having the mirror above the vanity which is not always ideal but it gives the customer what they want but here's the big ultimate question here to round this all off with. Is there ever a time, let's start with you, John. Is there ever a time when you just say, no, sorry, can't do that. You'll have to find someone else. No, not really. Because again, it, it's it's business. It's an order. Um, as, if, as long as it doesn't contravene health and safety rules and regs, as long as it's safe and it's going to pass the inspections and the sign off electrical and gas wires and things, the customer can have whatever they like even if it's against my best advice or judgment, uh, which has happened over the years with certain certain customers. But I would never turn, as long as it's something that we can feasibly do, I'd never turn the business away. So is it just a case of get it done and hope no one ever asks me about it? Um, <laughs> I, I, kind of, to a degree. It's one of those, I think, because we, I mean, we do quite a lot. We're quite busy, actually, so we do quite a lot. And so we are always going to get the L-shaped, room that you can't really be creative in um, it's a like for like in and out because that's just where the plumbing is and you know budget wise restraints and things like that so we will do what i'd class sort of you know quite standard kitchens and and ones that sort of go against my you know my not my grain as such but go against my design my creativity but then we are, we're also on the other side we're doing the ones where we can be a little bit more creative on those so it's just a mix, really. I think at the end of the day, as long as you've got a happy customer who loves what they've got, um, you don't have to like it. You know, it, people will go in, they'll speak highly of you. They did a great job. They listened. They did exactly what we wanted. You know, their friends may not like it, but the service has been great. Um, so it's, a, it's another recommendation. And what about you, Kenny? What are the circumstances under which you would just walk away? Well, first of all, John, I couldn't agree with you more. It's about getting the customer happy at the end of the day. And there are obstacles and stumbles along the way, but more importantly, you get with the customer what they want and they're happy with the quality of the, of the work and the quality of the product. That is the most important thing that what we find. There are certain times that we would just say to a customer, look, we're probably not the right shop for you. 
And it comes down to predominantly availability, um, supply and install and budget. But what we have tried to do since opening is, is have something for everyone. When customers have slightly unrealistic expectations in regards of, um, right, this is what I want and I only want to spend this much, you know, that, that can't happen because you, your budget's this and the product costs this and the installation costs this. So it just physically can't happen. That's the only time I would say that we, I would say we wouldn't and we would walk away from the job is, is down to that. For example, I've been in bathroom manufacturing before opening the showroom and I very, I feel very strongly about coloured taps and coloured showers. So black, brushed nickel, coppers. And I, I prefer to sell something called PVD, which is a much stronger way of plating a product over powder coating or electroplating. But as a result, PVD is a lot more expensive. But I know that a powder coat product will come back to me in a couple of years' time saying, oh, it's peeling off and it's flaking, et cetera, et cetera. So if a customer's adamant they want black and they must have black and they don't have the budget for PVD, unfortunately, we're probably not the right company for you because we're about longevity. We're about giving you a product that's never going to go wrong and it's going to last you 20 years and you're never going to have to change it. So for us, that's when I would say to the customer, look, we're probably not going to get there on budget. Uh, there are other retailers out there who, who will sell you this product. Um, but uh, almost in a, under my breath, I'm thinking, I'll see you in a year's time. <laughs> um, <laughs> which is the old adage, you buy cheap, you buy twice. And it's frustrating because we have ethics and morals within this business and we want to sell good quality products at reasonable prices. And there is something on the market for that customer. But when they do have an unrealistic budget or expectation on installation or installation price or product price, then when we're so far apart, there, there isn't a meet in the middle option. But that's when, right. we, we, that's when we would walk away from it. So the answer to the question, is the customer always right, seems to be yes, except for when they're not. <laughs> yeah, yes with a very big but, I would say. But when it comes down to it, it's, it's their money, it's their home, and we need to make sure that we're doing something, not that, that we're proud of as a company, that say, yes, we have installed it and we're really proud of it. Well, they're employing you to, for a service for them, aren't they? That's the difference, you know, and, and they want you to achieve what their their sort of ideas or their dream is with a little bit of help. Um, some will just give give in to you and say, right, you create me something and that's great. Um, but you're right. I mean, it is. it goes back to as long as they're happy, they're content, they feel that they've had great service, great product, um, value for money, uh, and then they are right. Well, that's as good a place to finish as any, John. So thank you very much to you both for your time and for your expertise as always. And we'll speak again soon. Thanks very much. Lovely. Thank you, Andrew. That was John Stewart and Kenny. Look, and I love that a designer's job is as much about cajoling and counselling the client as much as it's about the actual physical design itself. It never ceases to amaze me what a multifaceted and nuanced job it is and what a huge bag full of skills you need to get it right. Just brilliant. Don't forget, the KBB show starts on Sunday, Master 6, where we're doing daily episodes of this podcast. So if you see me there, come and say hello, and you might just end up on the show. See you in Birmingham. <laughs>